Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Mind Your Marketing Podcast. Today, I'm sitting with Stephanie Barbosa. She is the Senior Director of Marketing at Conquest Planning. We get into a talk really just about you know company values, also how to balance both your, your trusting your gut and the data as a marketer. I really enjoyed this conversation. Stephanie's got a lot of experience and brings a lot of knowledge to the show. But before we get into it, as always, guys, we put on this show here at CAVE. We're an agency in LA that helps companies grow predominantly through social media. So if you're feeling stuck with anything social, you need help with strategy, execution, et cetera, head over to cavesocial.com. We'd love to help you out. All right, sit back and enjoy this one. What's going on, my marketing people? Welcome to another episode of the show. Today, I am sitting with Stephanie Barbosa. She is the Senior Director of Marketing at Conquest Planning. Stephanie, how are you doing? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing good. You know, it's busy, but busy is good. I'm jacked up to talk today. I'm excited. We met before and I really love kind of your story and also what you've now moved into with Conquest Planning and what you guys are all doing. You've hit the ground running. But before we get into all of that, I want to pass the mic to you to just let us know, how did you get into this crazy field of marketing? When I graduated high school, I actually didn't know if I was going to go to college. I sort of drifted around, did some real estate license, got halfway through my real estate license and was working as a receptionist in a uh, realtor agency. And this is back in the day when you used to have to page people over a, a PA system. And I sat there one day in July, two years after I'd graduated high school, and I could hear my voice over the PA system. I was like, I kind of like that part of my job. I like how I sound. So I went to school for radio broadcasting. But three weeks later, <laughs> I left Toronto, went to uh, some small town, ended up graduating radio broadcasting, then doing public relations, did some small town radio for a little while, and then uh, moved back to the city because there's no money in broadcast, in radio broadcasting. And so moved to the city and just sort of moved my way through, you know, some media related roles, been in publishing, and then kind of moved my way into really refined marketing. Uh, marketing has always, I think, been on my roadmap. I, I've always touched on it in a way here and there. And yeah, it was one of those things where I, I sort of strategically pushed myself into making sure that I had a path towards becoming a marketer. So it was very deliberate. And then I've been in fintech marketing for, I guess, four years now, three or four years now. And it's something I absolutely adore and love. I had no idea I would, but it became this absolute love of mine. And, you know, being in alternative finance and in fintech, um, you know, a lot of what it represents is really giving access to financial tools or credit. Often, you know, the basis for that is really baked in making sure that people who don't have access can have access or trying to find ways to change policy so that they have access. So there's a lot of values baked into it just sort of inherently. And, and a lot of that is usually trickled through the teams that you work with. And so, you know, that's the path that I'm on right now. And that's sort of where I want to I continue seeing myself into the future. I love it. How much do you think that radio broadcast experience just helped you with understanding, like keeping attention, how to storytell, yeah, how to do it consistently. <laughs> yeah, it's been definitely helpful for all of those things, especially thinking on your feet. I was running the uh, the street team at the time, so I was you know like twenty four years old, and I had a team of five girls that were all about the same age, and we ran around going to you know the local carnivals or the derbies and, and things like that. And you'd be interviewing people of all shapes and sizes, and you had no idea what you were going to come across. And you had to think on your feet. You had to you had to represent the brand and still be able to relate to each and every individual that you spoke with in a way that was meaningful to them, but also meaningful to your listeners. And so you, you're wearing, you know, 10 hats a day. 
every single day. So it definitely helps you tell a story and helps you, you know, just be able to drill down into reading the room, I think. I love it. No, it's so true. And reading the room and then being able to think on your feet, all of those things come into, you know, play as a marketer often, specifically when you're coming to make content, having to communicate your ideas and really both internally and externally. Now, I want to dive deeper into fintech marketing, really, and talk about when you're in a financial, dollars are the focal point a lot of the time. How do you, I guess, balance buy-in into marketing where not everything can be quantified down to exactly the spend and this and like, how do you balance that with the other side, which is like, hey, look, this did provide return and communicating that specifically to executives. And I say this for someone who's listening, who's maybe, you know, is a marketing manager and they really feel passionate about creating content, but they have to be able to get those executives, you know, to buy in. And I think fintech is one area where companies are coming around to it, but it's very dollar driven, at least in my experience. So I'd love to hear how you balance both getting that buy in from the executive team and then also having the data and to know, hey, I'm actually doing something here that's helping the bottom line of the business. Yeah, I think, you know, there's definitely two buckets of finance. So there's your traditional finance where you're talking big banks and they definitely have a place in the financial ecosystem. But in the fintech space, you're often working with companies or organizations who are very clear that there's more to the picture than just money. And they, you know, there's a lot of heart and soul that goes into developing the company. And so it's usually easy to get buy-in. I think for me personally, I've always been lucky to have been able to find myself in positions where I'm working for companies that believe in marketing. And I think that regardless of what industry you're in, if you are working for a company where the senior exec team does not believe in marketing, you're never going to succeed because you're always going to be facing that uphill battle of selling them on the value of what you do in general before selling them on your campaigns or you know getting buy-in on anything. That's actually a, a number one part of the interview process for me is asking, you know, what did you envision when you looked at this role and you wanted to hire this senior person for a marketing position? What did you feel you wanted to see from marketing? What's that picture that you saw that day you went, I need a marketer. I need a marketer for this. And this is exactly why I have to put the role out there. And that's, I think, vital to ask for anybody who's getting themselves into any marketing position, but especially in maybe a position where there's a very small marketing team. You have to understand what that pain point is and how you're going to solve that pain point. Um, or if you can't, because if you can't, then it's probably not the right role for you anyway. That's so massive. I literally just had this call with someone where one of the things that came up and I said, look, if I have to convince you that social media and that marketing is important, this uh, you we shouldn't work together because it's already hard enough to make a splash and to do things and to actually put together a content plan that we can't be fighting, you know, fighting a battle to validate what we're doing. Of course, we'll validate it, but I can't if you don't believe in the philosophy behind it and that it's important to get that messaging out there and to engage people at the top of funnel, then it's probably not going to work. So yeah. I think that's important to anyone in a position or who is looking at new positions to go to ask that question in the interview process, right? Because the last thing you want to do is get into a place where you're excited, you do all these things, and then they're like, no, just performance marketing. That's all we want to do is performance. Yes. <laughs> you want to find yourself being the most tactical marketer ever and just executing a ton of mini campaigns. It's a great place for you. But if you want to actually make an impact you know, on the long-term goals of the company, then they really do need to buy into marketing as a marketing by design as part of the actual company strategy and not just as you like to say the arts and crafts room right <laughs> it's it's so true and i go back and forth but I, I think it really is finding that blend right between like it's you have to be 
I think that for that perfect marketer or that that balanced marketer is that person who understands the data can apply it, but is also willing to take a chance and follow their gut and know that okay, the building tribalism, building a community, building a following, building word of mouth marketing is not going to come from one particular performance, you know, ad or yeah. thing that we put yeah. out in one click. And that's what it's awesome, kind of, because I've gone back and forth in that pendulum. I think a lot of marketers have, especially when you're early on and you're hearing senior voices kind of taking you either way it's nice to kind of fit into the middle i fully agree with the uh you know sometimes going with your gut as well and i do think we live in this extremely data-driven thank god we live in this extremely data-driven world where we're able to pull insights pretty much as large or small as we want Uh, but there is some danger in that as well and that we can definitely overanalyze you can pull way too much uh information and and sort of send yourself down you know, maybe the wrong path or lots of different paths, because it's so hard to refine what exactly it is that you're learning. And at the end of the day, most of us in marketing are somewhere in the middle of the bell curve. We are the people that we are targeting, you know, even it doesn't matter if uh, in my role currently, I am targeting financial planners, I've never been a financial planner, that's not something I'm personally familiar with. But financial planners are also people that want to be entertained and want to, you know, there's certain things that are just going to speak to them as human beings who are part of, you know, the world in 2021. And I think we have to sometimes sit back and just go, you know what, it feels like the right thing to do. Let's do that. You know, of course, from a very strategic point of view and and understanding exactly what you're doing and how that layers into a strategy. But yeah, I think you just just go with your gut sometimes. Yeah. And that's, you said something really interesting there, right? We're at the middle of the curve and it's really to this point that just because we've made a buyer persona doesn't mean that humans are robots. They still want to watch a funny movie on Friday night. They still want to interact and be entertained. They're not like a financial planner is just not, maybe some, a couple, but not the vast majority still go and have dinner and beer with friends and kick it and talk about football and baseball or talk about the new show that came out, like normal things. And why wouldn't we want to make their experience at work more entertaining, more educating and inspirational and do that through content? So I'm with you on that. I want to circle back though, because to one thing that we talked about, which is, you know, when you have people, you get into a new role and you're talking to leadership and you're asking questions. You said something really interesting before we hit record that you're really in a value-based company where the company is living and breathing it. So I'd love to hear kind of like what those values are and what have been those moments that have kind of like, you know, almost stopped you in your tracks so far where you've been at your new position to go, whoa, this company is operating a little differently. Yeah. So there's been many of those moments. There's been, you know, okay. So first of all, I'll take a step back and explain exactly what we are. We're a financial planning software that is really built with the client in mind. So most people who've had an experience with a financial planner have probably received a plan and a plan is something that is very much designed for um, a planner to read. They'll hand their client, you know, a 300 page word document that has some charts and numbers and Excel sheets. And at the end of the day, the client goes, okay, whatever you tell me, I guess. And they're not interested. They're not engaged. But they also, there's a lot of deeper pain points there where they feel like, you know, maybe they don't actually have the confidence to even question parts of the plan or that they really deserve to be in the plan. There's all this really strange psychology that happens behind the scenes when, and I think it sort of goes into any market, but specifically for, uh, you know, for what we're talking about, people who feel like they don't understand the content in front of them feel like it doesn't belong to them and they don't deserve to be a part of that conversation. And that's a huge pain point. And there's a lot of, especially when it comes to financial professionals in any capacity and clients, there's this big gap of trust. 
And so the more you can speak language with your client that makes it feel like the two of you are having a conversation and you're not speaking at them, the better off they will be. So our product is designed to deliver, uh, you know, first of all, the tool is incredibly comprehensive. You know, it's got its own proprietary AI and I won't go into all of the details because this isn't a sales pitch, but it really is a collaborative tool. So planners and their clients can actually work together to design something that's really cool. Clients can initiate it if they want, or the planner can initiate it. They can do it remotely. So it's, you know, it's very interactive and that's something that's new in this space, but the delivery is a story. So the delivery is a small presentation. There's lots of icons, lots of graphics. There are, you know, highlights of exactly the things that clients need to pay attention to. Now, if they want to do a dive, of course, that information is available for them, but the delivery of the story is just so powerful. And part of the design of this product, and actually one of the biggest reasons this product was designed was to empower financial planners, to make them be able to create plans much faster so that we can get more people into financial plans. Planners right now spend so much time building each plan and really if they have more time to build more plans, more people would be in financial plans and everybody should be in one. There's such a huge financial literacy gap. And um, that's something this company is trying to tackle and tackling globally. So that was the buy-in for me. I am a huge proponent of financial literacy. I believe that we are at such a disadvantage, especially in North America, where we're, you know, this first world continent, but people don't even understand how a mortgage works or how, you know, how taxes work or how to invest properly. And so it's something that's very close to my heart. And it's why I've been in fintech for a while. And when I was poached by this company from my last company, it was something that was so clear in the conversation with the person I reported into, my VP. She actually was almost in tears telling the story about how the company started. And I was like, this is amazing. I have to work for them. I got on the call going, I don't know if, you know, I'm, I'm not even looking for a job. I'll, I'll have the conversation. And by the end of the call, it was like, how do I work for this company? I have to. This is, it speaks to my heart so dearly. And so that was the approach. But there was a part of me that was like, this could be too good to be true. And every single person I have spoken with, it is the one core foundation of the conversation. Every single person is so strongly aligned with that same value. And it's like, I'm telling you the story right now. And I feel like you shouldn't believe me because it sounds like a movie. And I, it honestly is the truth. Everybody from, you know, new people who have just started three, four weeks ago to people who have been with the company from the inception and, you know, even the 10 years prior, there's, there's a long backstory, but a, a lot of them have worked together in, in a previous lifetime as well. And they all truly believe in, uh, you know, bettering financial literacy for all. I love it. And that's one of these things, right? It's interesting because you equip the financial planner and then you increase financial literacy and getting people, it could be anything, any industry, if you look at it and go, okay, what's the deep problem that we're solving? And then getting the team to rally behind that, that's when you can really see movement, even in small teams. You don't need 5,000 people. If you're all rowing in the same direction and truly believe it, you're going to see results. And it's interesting you bring this up. It's one story that always jumps out to me with things like this and values and living them. I forget his name, but the guy, he bought IAM's Pet Food, right? Okay. So he bought IAM's Pet Food. They were doing $5 million a year when he bought it in like the 70s. He realized very quickly a bunch of his salespeople didn't like animals. <laughs> what a loss. Yeah. Like, so he fired everybody. And it's like, our mission is to improve the lives of cats and dogs. Very simple. We need yeah. animal people. So he started just going out and getting people who believed in that mission, believed in that mission. There's a famous story when he got approached to be on the cover of Forbes. And he goes, I don't know how that improves the lives of cats and dogs. I'll pass. And that's living your values, you yeah. know, <laughs> like, and then obviously now I am pet food is like 
a massive company for the leader in, in the industry. But I think those pivotal moments when you're starting off, creating that company culture of like, we're on a mission for to make people financially literate and to help people with their finances and, and to take care of it. So they're not in a position where the average American is a $400 expense will derail them. That all comes from you know people and companies like where you're at with Conquest Planning, really believing in that mission. So I love it. Stephanie, before I let you go though, let people know, where can they learn more about Conquest Planning, where can they connect with you online? Yes. So we are at conquestplanning.com. If you check today, you will see a different website than if you check in a month because we are under we're under renovation. But uh, you know, it'll give you high level what we what we do. Also, the first iteration of the site was meant to really just be sort of a teaser to the product. There was so much demand that they didn't actually have the time to build the website. So we're going to have something out there pretty soon that's going to give you a really clear understanding of exactly how our product works and what we're trying to achieve. But yeah, so we're at conquestplanning.com. I am always reachable on LinkedIn. In, trying to think any other mediums. I don't answer my phone. So that that won't, I haven't answered my cell phone in three years, probably. So. Oh, I'm with you. I, do, yeah. I, I forgot I had a ringer. I haven't had a ringer on it in forever. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. I will yeah. put links to Conquest Planning and both your LinkedIn in the show notes so people can go sure. over and connect. Thanks again for coming on today. I appreciated it. And it was great to hear your story. For sure. Thank you so much. All right, everybody. That's it for this episode. As always, I'm your host, Jordan Shelton, and I'll catch you next time.